Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Everybody loves a Hoosier. <laughs> I've got one sitting here right in front of me right now, a good friend that I've had for the last four or five years. He's kind of my counterpart, but he is from Indiana. Indiana, indeed. Hey, Don Cranfield. Paddle Don, they call him. It's so much fun to be with this guy. I don't get to see him nearly often enough. Usually when we get together, it's down along Current River. Current River, Jack's Fort, yeah. It's uh, Sinking Creek. We can say it out loud now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been kind of the secret Sinking Creek yeah. for the last several years, but uh, we've had an incident down here that's kind of brought some things to an end for us. We had kind of a run in with some poachers last fall, and they decided they wanted to burn the cabin down. Kind of a sad, sad thing, but a bunch of us down here got her all cleaned up, and we're looking to the future now. Yeah, it's a it's a bittersweet weekend this weekend, and uh, it's always good to see y'all. It's just uh, it's terrible. It's under this condition. The uh, you know it's almost like being at a wake. We were all just standing up there around the fire, and uh, not a word was said for probably ten minutes. We just sat and watched the remnants of the uh, of the hearth burn. Um, it was one of the few things that didn't actually burn in the fire. Uh, complete destruction. Yeah, it it's. Kind of a sad moment for all of us, but hey, uh, quite a collection of guys have come down here to help Brandon Butler get this cleaned out. And I, I tell you, uh, if you talk about the Pyre of the PM, we got it here this weekend. People yep. from all over, some great riders and outdoor folks, and uh, we're making a great attempt to make some changes down here. And I, I think it might take a year or two, but we're gonna we're gonna see it happen. Well, not to not to dwell on the bad because right. in the short five years that we were here and doing this, um, that's why there's so many people here is because of the, the memories. There were so many incredible memories made here, and uh, you know some of them were, uh, were were you and I on the river, but they all started and stopped right here. Um, one of the most memorable was uh, our float on the upper part of the current up there at uh, what we put it in Tanvat. Yeah, and uh, the the infamous well not infamous but uh, now well-publicized uh, gravel bar campsite that's been memorialized on a T-shirt for Driftwood Outdoors. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Bill uh, Cooper Claus, as he's come to be known, has, uh, has, has we became fast friends. And um, you're one of the blessings in all this, and I'm so glad we got to be buddies. And I look forward to the many more years. And uh, there will be a Driftwood, too. You know, we'll, we'll, we're going to rebuild, not on that slab, but uh, we're going to rebuild and uh, you know, wish Brandon all the best with that. But um, it's always been fun to, to catch up with uh, the Gravel Bar Gourmet and hear about his adventures and what's oh, going oh, on. Oh, you bet there's always something going on. I tell you, I'm 71 years old, but still having a great time in the outdoors. And it's so much easier to do when I got friends like you and Brandon and all these other guys that 
show up. We've had some grand times in the outdoors together. And yeah, this put a little hitch in our get along, but we'll get over it and, and move on. But Don, just to back up a, a little bit, I'd like for folks to know a little bit more about you. You know, being called Paddle Don is quite an honor, I think, <laughs> you know. But uh, your background, uh, how did you get started in the outdoor business? Uh, I just grew up in... Uh I grew up in the outdoors. We, my earliest days were on the back of a bass boat or uh, camping out with my folks every weekend. Um, deer hunted with my dad from early on. Uh, it's just been, it's kind of just what we did. Um, I grew up uh, in a small town in, in south central Indiana. and We happened to have the biggest reservoir in the state right there at our back door. Uh-huh. So that was uh, that was a blessing. We also had a huge national forest there. That was a blessing. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of public lands and um, with everything that's going on in this world, that's one of the few refuges we have to, to where we can get away and, and still recenter ourselves. But that's always been uh, it's always been an underlying uh, part of my life. And then uh, through scouts and other stuff, I got into canoeing and kayaking and uh, fly fishing, and kind of at one point said, "Sorry, Dad, but this is kind of where it's at." And you know, <laughs> I was uh, I was about having a paddle in my hand and a fly ride across my lap. Took off for the adventure, <laughs> and uh, you know, Dad wanted to go 100 mile an hour to the next site and throw a plug as hard as he could. And you know, that's that's his style fishing, and that was great. And I, you know, I, I tragically lost my dad uh, almost 30 years ago. Wow. So uh, you know, after that, it was just kind of whatever adventure I could find, and um. One thing led to another. I did historical reenacting for a while and, uh, you know, got to, to whittling on wood and making gun stocks and whatnot. And uh, a friend of mine showed me a, a curly sassafras paddle that uh, he had made, and that kind of lit the uh, the fire in my imagination to be able to do it. And I spent a couple of years documenting every kind of paddle I could. I'd go up to the uh, the Idle Jordan Museum in Indianapolis, and, and they were kind enough to let me take some pictures and get some scale drawings made and start being able to duplicate some of these first nations and uh, native style paddles. And, uh, about that time I ran into our buddy, Brandon Butler in, a, in an outdoor store and was getting enough response that I thought about putting uh, a little display in the store and, uh, you know, trying to get some paddles on it. And within, uh, 15 minutes of talking with him, I knew I'd made a new friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, six months later we were found out, you know, we we're best of buds. We lived a mile and a half apart and, uh, he had me make a uh, a paddle for him, the most beautiful uh, curly cherry Pennsylvania. Oh my! Or I'm Pennsylvania, jealous. Pennsylvania curly <laughs> cherry paddle, absolute beautiful waterfall cur- curl in it, and a traditional beaver st- beaver tail style. Um, my today to date, it's my favorite paddle I ever made. And uh, he took it out on a canoe hunt and uh, promptly let it slide out of the back of the boat unknowingly <laughs> and drift away down the river on its maiden voyage. Oh. I bet somebody else was pretty happy, though. Yeah, I, I just pray somebody found that thing. That was there was a lot of work that went into that thing. It, whoever found it, had, it had to have made their day. I'm just, that's, all, that's the only reason. They, had any appreciation for yeah, canoes yeah. and the river and uh, a good stick to use to get down the river? You know, a piece of artwork. But well, the he, name Paddle Don. Tell us how how you came about. Well, at about that time, um, I'd come over and Brandon had uh, you know Driftwood uh, Outdoors was. Part of it just was was an office in his garage that he had at the time, and a neat little uh, like a, a little sh- cabin inside his garage set up, and that's where he did his writing, and that's where he uh, he called home and adventured out of there, and so I'd hang out in the garage with him, and we'd uh, plot and plan and 
swap stories and his uh his girls were little at the time and Lois one uh one day said he was telling Don's coming over and she said, Who's Don? And he said, That made my paddle and she said, Paddle Don and from that day on <laughs> it's, it's stuck. Been paddle Don. Well I I tell you what, it's a fine description of you and I, I just can't I, I chuckle every time I see you, you know. I think, There's no paddle don. Of course uh, I get lazy, I call you P D sometimes. I I used to have a friend we call P D you don't remind me of him at all, but that that number paddled on, that is just so cool. And uh, sometimes, you know, we say great things come out of the mouth of babes, and that's, that's certainly <laughs> yeah. got to be one of them. But, but what an adventure for all of us to, I guess we call that networking these days, don't yeah. we? When one friend introduces another one to another one and on and on, and we wind up with almost a clan, you know. Well, I kind of went out and lived a, 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 a little bit of an adventurous life, um, you know, had to. I went out and I, losing my dad at an early age like that uh, just made me say, I don't want to, you know, I watched him work himself into the ground trying to set himself up to just for a decent retirement. And right. I thought, I'm just going to go out and do it now. So that's when I shot off and uh, started doing the, the reenacting and all that other stuff. And when Brandon and I got to be buddies, about the third time I said, one of these days I'm going to write all this down. He said, well, why don't you? And uh, that's all it took. I said, well, I just never had the confidence. He said, just do it. He said, I'll help you get through there. Just do it. And that's been about a dozen years ago. And that led to uh, a role with the board of directors for Hoosier Outdoor Writers and uh, um, past president, now past uh, chairman of the board for that. Uh, it's opened a lot of doors networking-wise just to be able to get out and have more adventures and talk to more people about it. And, and the most important part is bring more people into it. Exactly. But that not that incredible, though, what that's done for your life just by meeting an individual who just gave you a little bit of encouragement? And I think we been able to tell a similar story. I was interested from writing from the time I, I was a kid, you know, and read Outdoor Life. And Reader's Digest used to have a lot of outdoor articles in it and that was kind of my inspiration but i was born in the outdoors too and back back in the day when you know hey putting wild game and fish on the table was really a necessity uh and we ate a lot of fish and wild game but that just inspired a a passion a flame within me i've I've read some of these great authors you know jack o'connor and those guys back in the day and boy i just dreamed of being able to to go on some of the great adventures like those guys did. And maybe my adventures are not as grandiose as Jack O'Connor's, but I, I, I just have done things I never thought I would ever get to do. And a large part of it has come about through networking. I know I joined the Missouri Outdoor Communicators probably 30 years ago, I think, when they originally started. And I've done some things that, that I would have never thought I could do. And like you, uh, probably didn't have the confidence to do them. But... Uh, through meeting with those guys, listening to them, and actually some of them taking me under their wing and helping me with my writing skills, man, I eventually got into radio, TV, now doing podcasts, another TV program, and have written about 5,500 articles in my career. Uh, it's just been a constant thing in my life, and I've got everybody to thank for it, not just one person, but I would have never had the confidence in myself to produce a cookbook or to do some of these many things that I've been able to do over the years. And here I am in my 70s now and still fairly active, headed back to the Yucatan of Mexico this year, back to Alaska. And, of course, I live right in the Ozark, so I could walk out the back door, you know, and I'm ready to go. 
Yeah, we talked about this being a bittersweet weekend, and uh, that's another thing I've come to grips with. You know, with COVID going on, I l- I've only left the uh, state of Indiana three times last year. And uh, Memorial weekend, I came out here and we floated and fished. Uh, Labor Day weekend, came out here and we floated and fished. Uh, deer camp, I was out here and uh, managed to, to tag one and uh, had a really good hunt that was surrounded by a really, really legendary crappy uh, uh, deer camp that's been immortalized in other podcasts. But, uh, um, you know, I feel fortunate to be able to get that buck out here. Uh, my plan was to, you know, my, my girlfriend fell in love with this place out here and we, you know, that's just one all we wanted to do was just keep coming back. Right. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the conditions aren't uh, agreeable to that. But Shannon County is part of my heart now. Um, I love this place. I love the beauty of it. The, the, the rivers that's fly have to be near flowing water. And uh, for somebody who needs that in their life, this is the perfect place to be. It it really is. And it's what first attracted me to the Ozarks. I had grandiose ideas about going west and working some of the big national parks. And I was from the Missouri Boot Hill. Used to travel up through this part of the country back and forth from home to college at the University of Missouri at Columbia. I'd go different routes all the time, and I saw all these rivers. I was used to muddy water, you know, and I was flabbergasted when I could look in the water and see gravel on the bottom, you know. And Don, since then, I have floated thousands of miles. I've lived here about 40 years on these rivers, backpacked, hiked all over the country. And the grand thing about the Ozarks, you can do something here every month of the year in the outdoors. Well, Paddle Don, man, it's been a great time. So glad to get to see you again. Again, not so proud about the circumstances, but, uh, hey, we've all survived, and we're going to pick up. We're going to, you know what? keep living our dreams and always wind this show up and tell people to never ever give up on accomplishing their outdoor dreams the living the dream outdoors podcast is brought to you by living the dream outdoor properties cowtown usa alps outdoors scenic rivers taxidermy and the fly rod journals Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast, as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. 
You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.